every time, I don't know why, every time my wife prays, it just, I can't tell you how much I'm thankful that God changed her. I can't tell you how thankful I am that when I hear my wife pray, I know that my God is a God that delivers us. When I hear my wife pray, I know that my God is a God that answers prayers. And there's nobody in this room too far from the hand of God. And I would never have known that if I would have gave up on God. When I was going through what I thought was hell, if I would have gave up, I would have never have experienced what it meant to live life with a godly woman. I've never known what it meant to just to do life with somebody that loves Jesus. If I would have gave up when life got hard. We've been going through this series called Everyday Christian and walking through 1 Peter. Where Peter's just telling us what it means to walk and what it means to look like a Christian. What it means, what a true godly man and woman should look like walking with God. That's what the whole book is about. Talks about what it looks like walking through suffering and, and what it, how we should walk, how we should look, the things we should walk away from. And as I read it this week, my heart just goes out to so many people because there's a lot of us in this room are, are new Christians. Either, either number one, you, you, you made a decision to follow Christ for the first time this past year, or you've been religious your whole life and you really knew realize what it meant to follow Christ. So you're, you're new in this commitment. You're walking this thing out. And in a lot of areas in your life, it's kind of foggy. And a lot of you have stumbled. A lot of you have, have fallen. And God's telling us, if you love me, you'll obey me. He gave, he gave us First Peter. And, and when I think about how Peter is writing this out of being an everyday Christian, there is nobody that had less of a reason why to write that because Peter failed so much in the beginning. He messed up so many times in the beginning. But by God's grace and by God's mercy, God transformed Peter into being an extraordinary man of God that he used in a mighty way. And he can do that in your life, but you just have to want it. You with me? You got to desire it. It just don't happen. You don't just wake up one morning and you're, you're just more godly than you've ever been. It don't work that way. At least it didn't for me. Some folks claim they woke up awesome. I don't know about that. Nobody's seen you when you woke up either. But I want you to understand that walking this out, the Christian life, it's a fight. It's not easy at all. It's hard. Because you're walking away from everything you once knew, everything that, you, that, that define you as a person, any, everything that doesn't please God, you're walking away from those things and walking toward God to please Him. That's going to be painful in some instances. You've got to walk away from some people. You've got to walk away from some situations, from some lifestyle habits, walking away from those things so that you can please the God that saved you and created you. Man, that's worth doing, but it's hard, amen? It's a fight every day. A lot of you get up in the morning and you get up not prepared to fight. And if I show up to, to if I show up not prepared, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. If me and Dallas, we, if we were going to go boxing in the morning, let me tell you something. I'd be ready. I'd be ready because I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose. If you are coming. To wake up every morning, you're prepared to follow Christ. You're prepared to do whatever it takes to advance the kingdom, and you're going to go prepared. Amen? But a lot of us wake up every day just haphazardly doing life. I don't know how many people that I've talked with over the past year of, you know, you talk about their relationship with God, and it's like, oh, man, it's just so hard. I hadn't read my Bible in this long. I hadn't prayed in this long. And they're talking about all the things that are going wrong in their life. Well, the thing is, they haven't really centered their life on Christ. They didn't wake up prepared. They didn't, they're not handling situations in a godly way. They're handling them in their own strength. And if we're trying to do life in our own strength, we're going to continue to fail. Am I the only hard-headed person in here that every, I try to do things my own way? We're hard-headed. I know I am. And those of us that are hard-headed, it takes us longer to learn. We have to learn by what not to do than what to do. That's why God gave us his word. Peter learned. 
the hard way. And he gave us his word. He gave us, and God decided to put it, put Peter's words in his word so that we would know and learn from somebody that got it wrong a lot of the time. But his heart was to please God. First Peter chapter five. We're gonna start in verse five and we'll go to 10. If you don't have a Bible, I hope you do. But if you don't have one, there's one at Next Steps. We'll be glad to give you, we want everyone to have a copy of God's word. So please get one. First Peter chapter five, verse five. It says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you close yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And in verse 10, it says, And God in, of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. You know, One thing when walking this thing out and, walk, and, and following Christ is number one, admit that you don't have all the answers. Admit that you don't have this thing figured out. And we have a lot of people that walk and they're in religion, they're walking through life doing this religion thing and they think they got it all worked out, but their life is a wreck and it doesn't glorify God. Can y'all identify with that? You, you know, some, you know can, can you, is some people running through your mind right now? Me in my earlier days, I'm just thinking about how I failed God so, so long, early in my walk with Christ, thinking I had it figured out, but I was wrong the whole time. But Peter starts out in verse 5 through 7, he talks about how, how we should submit ourselves to the elders of the church or to people uh, that are of higher positions. It says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. He talks about humility a bunch in that first little bit. Why is it so important to be humble? Why is God focusing on being humble, on humility? Why? Why? Our world screams for us to be proud, right? Our world screams for us to be self-exalting, putting ourselves way up here. But if we put ourselves up here, what are we doing? We're looking down on everybody else. How many of us are looking down a self-righteous nose at other people and looking, look at what they're doing, look what they're doing, instead of being humble and realizing what God brought you out of? Amen? Y'all ain't gonna speak back to me today, I can tell already. There you go. But, but being humble, I wanna read this thing about, about humility. It says, being, humility is a quiet and sincere confidence that comes from the realistic appraisal of your stature that recognizes how well you are doing while recognizing your shortcomings. Humility reduces our need for self-justification and allows us to admit to and learn from our own mistakes. So when we're humble, we realize we don't have all the answers. We're not after our own agenda. We're not after what we want. We're after what God wants, amen? And so, so he's saying, look, number one, we're not pushing our own agenda. We're not pushing what we want. We want, we want to honor God. I know so many people that, especially me working and doing different things, I've had guys come in working, and what do they always say? You tell them to do something. It's a, it's a pet peeve for a lot of people. You say, hey, you messed up, you need to do this. What's the next thing they say? I know. Like, well, if you knew, why'd you do it? Why, why'd you do it right the first time? Do this. I know. Okay. I know, that's how we do God. God's saying, look, I want you to do this, and we're saying, I know, I know, I know, but our actions don't show that we know. We're, acting, we're, we're, we're not really 
showing a life of humility. We're putting ourselves up here thinking we know all these answers and we need to realize. We need to be real this morning and say, you know, I don't have all answers. How many of you walked out this week and you lived a perfect life before God? None of us. We don't have all the answers. That's why we have to be humble and walk humble. It says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humility is a big thing about following God because pride is the opposite of humility, right? And to serve God is the opposite than serving the world, right? So if we're serving God, we're not going to be serving ourselves, right? So if we're going to be serving God, we're going to be humble servants, not prideful people thinking I have all the answers. See, pride is what allows Satan to open the door to your life. Because you think you have all the answers. You think you got this thing figured out. You can handle the temptation, and let, but Satan makes a mockery of your life. We walk in this prideful arrogance, thinking we have all the answers, and God's saying, look, I oppose the proud, but I show favor to the humble. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, so that you may be lifted up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And when I read that this week, you know, this week, I, it was, I had a really busy week. I was so caught up in, in just doing life. And I found myself Thursday afternoon in a tizzy. Y'all know what a tizzy is? Huh? I, my stomach was in a knot. I just, I didn't, and Sabrina was like, I hate it when you're like this. Because I was just like, I had so much I had to do. I was so anxious. I was so anxious. You know why? Because in my prideful self, I said, you know what, Jeremy, you can handle all this. You can do this and this and this. And I had overcommitted myself because I allowed my pride to get in the way and trying to do too much. Some of us try to be Superman or Superwoman, amen? We need to admit that we have our own limitations and some of us don't want to admit those things. But he constantly says, cast your cares on, on me. I will lift you up. See, when we're humble, we have the tendency to think that we can handle everything in our arrogance. That's when Satan entices us and leads us astray. See, this is a fight, right? Fighting against our old self, fighting against the temptation to, to lash out to our coworkers, fighting to be the old person that you once were, that you know that don't please God. It's a fight every single day. But the reason so many of us lose the fight and the reason a lot of you in this room are losing the fight right now is because you underestimated who Satan is. When you think about Satan, you think about this little old red man that's got pointy ears and a forky tail and a pitchfork. That's not him. That's not Satan. That's who, we, that's who we've painted him out to be so that we don't feel as intimidated. But we got to realize we have a true enemy. When the moment you step out and say, I have, to follow, I have decided to follow Christ, that says, all right, Satan, I'm changing teams. And I am no longer about you. I oppose you, and I'm following Jesus. And that makes Satan mad. I had a guy tell me one day, he said, look, if you're, if you're not having trouble, if you're not struggling, if you're not swimming upstream, then you're just going with the flow of the world. See, when we see problems hit us, when we see situations come against us, first thing we think is, oh God, why have you abandoned us? Let me tell you, I've learned when I started having bad, when I started having issues, trials, tribulations, things hit, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I realized that I'm going in the right direction. If people are opposing me for who I am, than who I once was. I'm telling you, it's a fight every single day. We have to realize that, that when he talks about being humble, talks about Paul's Peter's talking about being watchful, this next verse. He says, be alert and be sober mind. He's saying, be watchful. Why is he saying, be watchful? Why? Because Satan, well, Satan is called a bunch of different things, right? He's, he's called the serpent. He's called the devil. He's called the adversary. I mean, so the, the serpent means deception. So he's a deceiver, amen? He's a deceiver. Satan will deceive you, all right? The devil also means accuser and slanderer. So he's an accuser of God's people. He's a slanderer of God. He opposes anything godly. So why would you not think that the moment you decide to follow Christ, he was going to come against you? Your life was going to be hard. You were going to have to make some hard decisions in order to follow God. 
But Satan tries to make you feel like, hey, look, you can live wrong and die right because everybody else is doing it. You can go to church and look religious but not follow Jesus because that's how everybody else is. Look at old brother so-and-so. He's been going to church for 50 years, been sitting in the same pew, but his life has never changed. To follow Jesus means that we change our life and we pursue God, right? We resist the devil. See, and it's crazy because we've, how do we face the adversary and we remain victorious? How do we face the devil and remain victorious? How do we continue on? I don't want you to live life in fear because God says that we should have a sense of fear, but a victory because if we're following Jesus Christ, he's already won the victory, amen? We're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. It's a lot easier in that perspective looking at it that way. So when we're looking at those things, how do we face him? Number one, we got to, we got to respect Satan for who he is. We've got to recognize him. And we've got to resist him. He's like, respect him? Yeah, when you respect something, you are fully aware of its potential. Yesterday, uh, and I'm not going to continue to use Dallas's his illustrations, but it's just kind of working out like that this morning. Um, yesterday, Dallas told me, he said, hey, man, I can't, uh, I can't be here, be there at such and such time. I've got a light fixture that's messing up, and, and Daddy's coming to fix it. Well, Dallas, in that, in that thing, he's saying, I don't like electricity. I'm scared of it. I'm going to get somebody that knows how to deal with it, deal with it. And that was a very smart decision. Because when you realize, <laughs> when you realize the potential of something harming you and killing you, it, you will be more cautious around it, right? You know, I, I was, Sabrina and I were working changing out a range for her mama and we were moving it out and changing things out and I said baby go turn off the breaker and what happened I got caught up in the moment and I was busy and I forgot that I told her to turn the breaker back on what did I do I reached up there and grabbed it and it bit me pretty good why I got too comfortable around it and forgot the danger a lot of you have gotten too comfortable around Satan and you forget the danger that he came to kill steal and destroy he didn't come to help you out he didn't come for you to be a friend that's why God says to be friends with the world is to be enmity with God we cannot say that we're following Christ and continue to live the way everybody else does and I know that may sound unfair but let me tell you something Following Jesus is worth way more than any beer I ever drank. Following Christ is worthy, so much more worthy than any friendship that I ever walked away from. I want my life centered on Christ, do you? And if we do, we've got to realize that, that look, we've got to respect who Satan is because the moment you get comfortable around him, he will destroy you. He's dangerous. It says he's a serpent, that he will bite you when you least expect it. See, I want you to understand, too, that Satan also has great power and intelligence. It's not just Satan. He's got, he's got demonic beings that, that are trying to influence you and, and encourage you to do things that doesn't please God. He's a real enemy of God and God's people, and we must never ignore it or underestimate his ability. That's why Peter says, you must be sober. To be sober means to be paying attention, not haphazardly doing life. I mean, and, and when I think about being sober too, it also means not blaming everything on the devil. We give the devil so much credit that he didn't do some of the things. Get up in the morning, stomp our toe, oh, step our toe, whatever. What, what's that called? Stomp. There we go. Step, stomp, whatever. Anyhow, we stomp our toe. What we say? Oh, woke up this morning and the devil made me stomp my toe. No, he didn't. You and your ignorance didn't turn the light on, so you stomped your toe. We blame Satan for a lot of things that we are self-inflicting. Now, no doubt, Satan does do a lot of things. He does, he does tempt us and encourage us to walk away from things of God. But that's why, that's, that's why God's saying, look, be sober. Be sober. Look to me. Because if you know, if you've got the word of God in you and it's contrary to the word of God, then guess what? That's Satan trying to entice you to walk away from the things of Christ. But the reason so many people walk away from the things of Christ is because they're not fighting the good fight every single day, reading God's word, knowing God's word, knowing what pleases God. So then in return, when Satan attacks, you fail because you wasn't prepared. And Peter's saying, respect him. Respect him. See, we also have to recognize him. See, Satan is the great pretender. He tries to duplicate things and counterfeit things in a way to look godly, but then they're not. 
He tries to come and, he, and, and, and try to, he, anything that, is, that God tries to create, he tries to pollute. Look at sex. God's design for sex is a pure, intimate thing between a man and a woman. And, and that's God's view on sex. But Satan has polluted it from everything you can think of outside of that, as grotesque as it can be. There's not just having sex with, with your partner that God's given you, but having sex with whoever you want to because it's you and what you want to do. Are you going to honor God or are you going to honor Satan? See, I'm, I'm, you got to think about it things like this way. See, he's subtle though. He's so subtle. He, he drops little things that you, and we don't realize that, he's, that Satan is, is kind of wooing us in a different direction sometimes. That's why he's saying we have to watch, we have to be patient. Satan's strategy is to counterfeit whatever he does. And I think about Matthew 13 when he talks about the wheat and the tares. You remember that, that parable? When, when, when they go and they sow the, sow the seed and at night the enemy comes and he sows, uh, sows weeds amongst the good seed and they all grow up together. And what he says, he says, they're all going to grow up together and at the end of the time, he's going to separate the good stuff from the bad stuff. Satan tries to counterfeit relationships. He tries to counterfeit job opportunities. He tries to counterfeit anything that will make you defame the name of Jesus Christ. See, that's what he's after more than anything. He's after to defame the name of Jesus. He's after to make God look bad. And how many of us are allowing him to win in our lives? Because either we're going to follow God and give him glory, or we're going to follow Satan's temptations on our life and we're going to defame the name of Christ. And that's what gets me so fired up sometimes. We should be a holy people, amen? God says in 1 Peter, we've read it. He says, I have called my people. He said, he says, I've, uh, it just left me. He called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. We're a holy priesthood, set apart. God chose us. He called us out of darkness, not to live in darkness, Right? We've got to realize Satan is after us. His plans are to defame the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, if we don't recognize that, we don't recognize that he makes us puppets in his, in his show and we're making Jesus look bad. When we continue to, to, to live in sin, we're showing, that there's, we're showing the world a picture of saying there's no power in the name of Jesus because you refuse to change. Y'all with me? I know this is tough stuff, but I'm telling you, God's been burdening my heart for this because his desire is for his people to be holy and his people to be pursuing him. We can't have both things. We can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't live for ourselves and claim to be following God. When Jesus died on the cross, he drew a line in the sand. He said, either you're going to follow me or you're going to deny me. He went that far to give us that opportunity. Are you going to walk in that? Or are you going to walk in your own way? Because a lot of times in our arrogance, we want to do things the way we want to do things. We want to live the way we want to live and have God on the side. You know, I want to follow you, Jesus, but you know what? I don't want to change my living situation. I want to follow you, Jesus, but I don't want to change my attitude toward these people that have hurt me. I want to, I want to follow you, Jesus, but, but I don't want to be honest with my taxes. Yeah, I just said that. I want to honor you, Jesus, but I, you know... I don't want to. I want to do this thing that's going to take me out of my comfort zone. I want to honor you, but 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 but. When Jesus came, it was to remove the but. For us to say, here it is. I want a whole. Making a stand, falling for Christ, is more than just raising your hand and getting wet, guys. It's making an everyday commitment and sacrifice of saying, "I'm walking away from sin and I'm walking to you, Jesus." I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want you to change me, Lord. And I've realized that anything else in this world does not hold a candle to you. So I want to do whatever it means to please you. If that means changing where I'm living, then God, I want to do that. If it means changing my job, I want to do that. If it means, God, if it means going to people, asking for forgiveness, that don't deserve it, but if it makes you look good, I'm going to do it. Then I'm going to do that, Lord Jesus, because it's more about you than it is me. But Satan manipulates our pride in a way to where it makes it all about us and our comfort. And he deceives us every single day. And he uses us to defame the name of Christ. And he's winning, guys. He's winning. 
because we don't take him seriously. We'd rather relinquish our own comfort instead of being intentional in following Jesus. Saying, I take you for your word, God. I believe your word. I'm going to do what your word says. And if nobody likes it, fine. All I know is you like it. Amen? Amen. And that's what they want to do. But we allow Satan to, to, to use us. So many people allow Satan to use you in your marriage. He uses your marriage to be a joke to the world. We're supposed to be Christians, right? We're supposed to have a godly marriage. Our, God, our marriage is supposed to, what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to glorify God. When people see our marriage, they should see the love of Jesus, amen? amen. But yet some of us, it's like a joke. It was just, we, we went down to saying, all right, I've been dating this person, so then we get married. If this don't work out, I'll find somebody else. Instead of it being a holy, real thing of saying, God, I love you. I'm going to love this person no matter if they deserve it or not. Till death do us part, and I mean it with all my heart. Come on, y'all with me? But instead, it's like, you know what? God, you've made this holy, but I don't care about your holiness. I don't care what you want. My comfort means more to me than your comfort than, than you. So guess what? I'm going to find me somebody else that makes me happy because they don't do it no more. My wife isn't giving me the attention I need, so you know what? I'm going to go find somebody else that's giving me attention. Come on, church. God's called us to be a holy people, but we're allowing Satan to use us in our marriages to defame the name of Christ. And what he's saying is there's no power there, and there is power there, but you're not walking in it. How about our relationships we have? He's using you in those relationships you have. Satan's using your relationships to make a mockery of the cross. A lot of you have unhealthy relationships. I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, man and women. I'm talking about just relationships, period. You have, you have people in your life that are polluting your life. And either you can walk away from that pollution and honor God, or you can stay right there in it, and you're going to end up right where they at. Right where they're headed. How about how about you, you, people use, allowing Satan to use you at work to defame the name of Christ? Instead of being the disciple maker at work, you're the disciple faker at work. Instead of look, instead of instead of be standing for godliness, standing for holiness, when there's bad jokes being told, you walk away. When there's bad stuff happening, you don't participate. No, you stand right there just as guilty as anybody else because you're partaking in the same things. Instead of standing firm, standing your ground, walking away from those things. And I know this stuff ain't preached a whole lot. Y'all all quiet. But I'm telling you, God's called us to be a holy people. Amen. God's called us to stand firm. God's called us to stand out, not blend in. Amen. And Satan's confused us to make us think, I can't offend nobody. The gospel is offensive to people that don't please God. And if we want to please God with all our heart, if we don't see God do amazing things in our community, then we've got to stand firm on his word. Amen. We've got to say, get away from me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan, because I'm following Jesus. We've got to make a stand instead of allowing Satan to constantly, constantly glaze our eyes over and us choose the easy way out instead of the godly way. How many of you does Satan use you at church? I'll make you think about that a minute. We'd rather have our way than his way. We want to cause dissension and disunity instead of, instead of really, let's, let's do things, whatever's going to please God. I don't care if my way is the best way. I want your way, God. There's a lot of churches that's, that's broken up and been divisive because people just wanted their way. I had a man say to me one day, and it broke my heart. I've never seen it this way before. But he said, you know, we rode through a town, and there was a church on every corner, and I had a guy tell me, you know what, there's so many churches. It's like, why? He said, because them people can't get along with one another. And I was like, ugh, punch you in the gut. We're supposed to be people of love and unity and peace. And when we can't get along inside God's house, what is the kind of picture does that paint to the outside world? God's called us to be a people that loves one another, that humbles ourselves, that we care for one another more than anything. See, if he's deceived us, then we're not... We're not really in God's word. We're not really walking by the spirit. Because Satan, no doubt, I, I realize that when I'm not walking with God, if I'm not reading my word, if I'm not, not spending time with God, 
I'm more susceptible to be led astray. Amen? I'm more susceptible to be, to be, to be led off. But if I'm in God's word every single day, if I'm praying, if I'm seeking God, if I'm, I'm waking up in the morning prepared for the battle at hand when I get up, guess what? I'm going to come home victorious because I had Jesus on my side today. But if I get up trying to do life with my own power, I'm going to fail every single time. The reason your coworkers don't know you're a Christian is because you're waking up trying to do it yourself. The reason your mom and daddy don't even know you, that you claim to know Jesus is because you are doing life yourself. It's more about your comfort than your Savior. And Satan has glazed over our eyes. He says, too, he says, we should resist him, fighting against the fame of the name of Jesus, taking our stand on the word of God. I mean, when you read Ephesians, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 10 says this, says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. To put it on, you got to be intentional, right? You got to get up in the morning. You got to put this stuff on. Be intentional. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this darkness, of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put own the full armor of God so that when the, de- the evil one comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with you to you can extinguish all the flaming arrows the evil one of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the way that we, the way that we don't allow Satan to use us to defame the name of Christ is we got to get up every morning intentionally walking in the things of God. Amen? Amen. Getting up, putting on our salvation, saying, God, I thank you for saving me, and I want to please you today. We're taking the gospel everywhere we go. We're intentional with every relationship, every person we see. We're trying to tell the goodness of God, either by our actions or by our, what we say. We're intentional. But if we don't wake up that way, he's going to get you. Because he prowls around like a luring lion, seeking someone to devour He's looking for you when, you're, when you let your guard down. He's waiting for you to separate yourself from the pack. I heard a lot of people say, I can, you know what, I can follow Jesus and not go to church. Okay, you're a lot stronger than I am. Because when you go to church, when you go to a connect group, you're with a group of people that are doing life together, holding each other accountable, that take up for one another, amen? But when you're doing life alone, that's the kind of person that Satan tries to get. It calls him, a, calls him he prowling around like a roaring lion. You know what a lion does? He sits back and he waits for the weak one to get by himself. And when he gets by himself, he'll attack him then. He's waiting for you to get alone. He's waiting for you to get away from the church. He's waiting for you to, to be mad and disgruntled about something you didn't like so you can get away from those people. As soon as that happens, he's going to jump on you. He's a, pro, he's, a, he's a roaring lion, guys. He's a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Seeking someone to devour. See, what gets me is a lot of us, we're not prepared in that. We don't have the mindset of David. When David, when David versus Goliath, Goliath was the biggest problem he'd ever faced. But yet he knew he had confidence in Jehovah. Amen. He knew that his God was bigger than any problem he had. So when he came to that problem, first thing he did, he said, I got confidence in my God. He got up that morning prepared, ready to go. If he would have got in there half-hearted, doubting the power of God, he would have got killed. The reason God hadn't delivered you from some situations in your life is because you got doubt that God's going to do it. Are you allowing Satan to use you? Some of y'all are just like, well, you shut up if I can get home. But I'm telling you, we need to have that David versus Goliath stance when we get up in the morning. Instead, we're like Eve. 
If we're just like Eve, we get up in the morning and we go to work and we're listening for anything that can coerce us to do anything that doesn't please God because we didn't get up ready. What did Eve do? She knew God. She knew what God said. She knew God's word. It's one thing to know God's word and, and another thing to do it, right? She knew what God said, but she allowed Satan to manipulate her. You know what he did? He played to her pride of saying, you will know the things of God. How many of you have allowed Satan victory in your life because you've allowed him to manipulate that pride in your life? See, if Peter would have been watchful, if Peter would have recognized the attack to resist temptation, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't have failed all those times. He wouldn't have failed all the time. He, he, he constantly, Peter constantly had to slay that pride in his life. Every single day he had to slay it. Because when he didn't, he messed up. Every time. Every time. I mean, it, it, he, would have made the decision, he wouldn't have made the wrong decisions. He wouldn't have fell asleep in the garden. Jesus said, look, get up and pray. And something in his conscience, in his prideful self said, man, you ain't got to pray. Jesus is crazy. He's asking you to do something crazy. Why do you want to pray right now? You need to go to sleep. How many of us, God's telling us to do something, but we're like, you know, God, you're crazy because I, I just ain't got, ain't got time to do that right now. And guys, I'm telling you, you're looking at me like I'm beating you up, but that's the thing. Is my heart is for us to be God's people, not just people that claim to know about God. And if that's the case, then we're going to be intentional with slaying sin. We're going to be intentional with, with following God. I'm going to get up in the morning, and Lord, I want you more than I want my next meal. God, I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. I want to see you do amazing things. And if you'll get up with that intentionality, you'll see God do amazing things in your life. But constantly just getting up and, and we're always using excuses of, of why we're not closer to God, why we're not following God, why we didn't do this, why we didn't do that. We're constantly giving these excuses. It's insanity. We keep doing different things expecting. And we keep doing the same things, I'm sorry, expecting different results. And if we're not really getting up intentionally every morning, putting on the armor of God, intentionally saying, God, I want to serve you, intentionally saying, God, I want to glorify you, intentionally getting up, even when I don't feel like it, God, I want to praise you. I want to, I want to be an example. I want you to shine your light through me. If we don't do that every single day, then it just won't happen. When you choose to follow Christ, it doesn't automatically, magically change. God puts it in our part. He's like, if you want me as much as you say you want me, then come. Because his word says, those who seek me, find me. Amen? Amen? And the reason that you're still in a situation you are in, the reason that you're still bitter, the reason you're still mad, the reason you're still angry, the reason you feel unfulfilled, the reason that you're dissatisfied is because you're still walking in the same things you've always walked in. You've never really given God the full reins of your life because Satan has deceived you. This is a real battle, guys. It's a real struggle. Every single day, you've got to want to fight. you got to want to fight. Get up wanting to fight so much. And the reality is there's a lot of people that are just tired of fighting because you're fighting in your own strength. You're fighting in your own strength. Say, God, I want to do this, but you know what? Let's do it on my terms. Let, 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 let's do it later. Let's don't do this now. But God's saying, today's the day. Like I said, those who seek me find me, right? See, those, God's word also says that those who deny me before me and I will deny you before the Father. It's intentional that we, it's, it's important that we are intentional with our walk with God. Things that we walk to and things we walk away from. So what's Satan been using you for? this past week. Child of God, what have you been walking in that you should be walking away from? What sins constantly call your name when you wake up out of the morning? I had a friend of mine that, that was addicted to pain medicine and 
he told me one day, he's like, Jeremy, you don't understand. He said, I get up in the morning. He said, and I feel like he's calling my name. He said, I wake up at two in the morning and that's all I can think about. I'm consumed by it. That's why I keep running back to it. And I couldn't understand it. I was like, man, just, you know, I was early in my walk with God and I was like, man, you just got, you just got to walk away. You got to quit. You got to stop. There's some things that we've allowed in our life for so long, it's hard just to stop. We've been in relationships so long that don't please God. We don't know how to just stop. You know how you stop? You stop right where you are. And then you turn around and you start making steps back in the other direction. You're not going to be one minute and then freed. Not all the time. Sometimes God will do that. But most time in my life, he hasn't done that. He stopped me where I was and then he held me by the hand and he walked with me right back to me. And that's what he wants to do in so many of your lives, but you won't stop and turn around. You may stop for a minute, but you didn't ever turn around. You just stopped. Only to wait until you didn't hear his voice anymore. Then you started back walking. God's called us people to be a people that glorify him with every aspect of our life. If you truly love Jesus, if he's truly transformed your life, then you will not live in a way that don't please God. And when we wake up realizing in the morning when we wake up and we realize we've done something the day before that didn't please God, we don't just shrug it off. We want to please him because Satan's constantly whispering in your ear, it's okay, it's okay. Just keep on doing what you're doing. It's okay. You're miserable because you've been listening to the voice of it's okay for way so long. And it's not okay. And we say this a lot here at Connection, but it's okay not to be okay but it's not okay to stay that way. We're all jacked up. We're all messed up. We've all struggled. Satan attacks me every single day. But I've got to walk away from him every day. I've got to say, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to follow Jesus. Are you doing that? Are you just falling to the temptation? Because he is real. I want us to be hopeful today and realizing what he said in verse 10. He says, And God of grace who called you to his eternal glory of Christ after you have suffered a little while with himself restore you. Will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. See, some of you are so afraid to take that step and walk away from the things that don't please God. But what he's saying here is, look, if you'll stand firm, If you'll stand firm on the word of God and you'll turn around, you'll walk away from those things that don't please him, then he is going to establish you. He's going to root you and you are going to be steadfast. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. He's going to bring you to an area of peace you've never experienced before. There's going to be assurance in your life you never had before. But all you got to do is turn around and start making that change. And you you won't ever feel that until you make that change, until you make that decision to turn around and walk away from. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to say, you know what? I want to live for you and not for me. I want to quit all the stuff that don't please you. I don't want my life, Lord, to defame the cross. It's one of the things that really got me. I told you all last week that I had a friend that said, there ain't nothing this Jesus stuff because I failed to temptation. I didn't walk away from it. But what hurt me the most was that that guy didn't think because of the way I was acting and living based on my witness that there was no power in the name of Jesus. And that broke my heart. If we're claiming to know God, people are looking at you to see if there's power in the name of Jesus are you showing people a life that's been transformed and changed are you showing people that I just go to church on Sunday because he's not interested in people that go to church on Sunday he's interested in people that love him honor him and obey him and Satan will constantly tell you to do different Satan will constantly come against you he will constantly try to make your actions not please God 
So right now, a lot of you are thinking back through this past week where you failed, where you, for one, or one, you didn't respect Satan. You didn't respect the authority he has. You, didn't, you just didn't think that anything about that. You didn't, number two is that, that you didn't recognize him when he would come in. That in reality, you hadn't been reading the word to know God. You've been reading the word to get out of a situation. Where that came from. But there's somebody in here that's been reading the Word of God to get out of a situation. You've been reading it just thinking, if I can just get, if I can just get this stuff, God's going to free me from this situation. And He don't want to free you from this situation. He wants to free you from the sin. You've got to walk away from things that don't please God if you want Him to change your life. God's Word says that Spring water and salt water can't come from the same well. So for claiming to have the true living water of Jesus Christ flowing from our soul, for claiming to have those things, then when we notice those, that salt water, that, that things, that the impurities, when we notice it in our life, then that's when we have to, we have to make a decision. Do I want my life to be controlled by this salty, nasty stuff, or do I want the true living water to override every decision in my life? What do you want? Your actions speak louder than words. My heart for you guys, my burden is that you wouldn't allow Satan to use you anymore. You wouldn't allow how you've been hurt to change. You wouldn't allow the way you've been hurt to allow Satan to use you to cause disunity. You wouldn't want to be... You wouldn't want to remain bitter so he could use you. You wouldn't choose to remain diverse where he could use you. You wouldn't want to stay in a relationship that didn't honor God because you don't want Satan to use you to defame the name of Jesus. You know your heart better than anybody, but you know who knows your heart better than you, that's God. So maybe today is the day that you have a prayer like like uh, David, when you say, Lord, search my heart, O oh God. Find any wicked way about me. Lord, so that I may re- repent. So I may ask for forgiveness. And I may walk away from those things. God wants the people that love him and honor him and obey him, not just come to paint a picture that we know Jesus. And you'll keep painting a picture. paint that won't last you'll keep painting that picture every single Sunday and it won't mean nothing until you truly surrender your life to Jesus you come in and out of these doors every single week but no change are you a child of God or are you a child of Satan because God's word says that no one can have two masters Either you love one and hate the other, you hate one and love the other. So as our band comes forward, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And when God's speaking into your heart, I pray that he is. I pray that you won't allow pride to keep your butt glued to that seat. But you'll get up and you will spend time with God today and you will say, Lord God, you will empty your soul out before God. You will cry out to God and say, Lord, change me. God, help me with this stuff I'm struggling with. Change my heart. Help my life be a life that, that loves you. I don't want to defame your name. I don't want to cause you disgrace. I don't want to make the sacrifice you paid for me on the cross look like it didn't mean anything. So maybe you need to come and you need to give that to God. Or maybe today you've realized that you don't even know Jesus. Like you, you've been having this religious attitude for so long, but you don't really have that, that yearning, that desire to please God like I'm talking about. It's because you're not really cho- chose to follow him. So maybe today you want to choose to follow him, truly walk with him, walk away from religion and walk out with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, come down here and find me. Find Dallas. We would love to pray with you and help you Figure out what your next step is. You need certain prayer for things. If there's strongholds in your life that you can't get out, I serve a God that can deliver you, but you got to want it. If you need special prayer, come out front, request it. We would love to pray with you and pray for you. Biggest thing is we do business with God and we leave this place not being people.
people that are used by Satan, but a people that are used by God. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. And God, I just pray for the boldness of your Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, Lord. God, I I pray for restoration in somebody's life today. I pray, God, that the eyes of their heart will be opened. And God, they can see you for who you truly are right now. The beneficent Savior, God, that, Lord, you're standing there right now, Lord. You're standing there with the holes in your hands, the white robe on. You're standing with your arms held out wide saying, come. Because through it all, Lord, you've always been there. We might not have seen you. We may have been falling short. We may have fallen to our pride. But, God, you have been there. Lord, I pray right now that you would open our eyes so we can see you. Lord, I pray that we would examine our lives and if we've been living our lives in a way that does not please you and living our lives that does not show adoration and and, and just excitement for the sacrifice of the cross, then God, I pray that you would humble us this morning. Lord, my heart, Lord. Lord, my heart. God, change it if there's anything in there wrong. Lord, I pray right now, God, that those of us that have been stubborn, that's been still trying to do things our own way, God, I pray you would break that stubbornness today. I pray, God, that you would just, you would just put your hand on us, Lord. That we would feel the weight of our decisions. That God, when we walk out of here and we play games with our, with our salvation, we're leading other people every day closer to you or closer away from you by the way we live. And God, please don't allow us to be used by Satan one more day. God, I pray that you would just awaken us. Awaken us, God. Some of us have been asleep way too long. God, help us be your people. Unify us together so we all are people surrender to you. God, touch us today. Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. We pray, amen.